Hello and welcome to the Permaculture Podcast with Scott Mann. This is episode 1609, an introduction to the Philadelphia Orchard Project. My guest today is Robin Mello, the program director for Philadelphia Orchard Project, a nonprofit installing orchards throughout the city of Philadelphia. We met several years ago at the Aubrey Arboretum before she joined POP when Peter Bain came to the city to speak about his work and the Permaculture Handbook. Since then, we've kept in touch as I follow her work in and around the city. In addition to Pop, Robin is also an awesome musician with the Radicans, one of the organizers of Beard Fest, a music art and sustainability festival, and an amazing permaculture practitioner. During the conversation, we talk about the start of Pop, what the organization does, including outreach beyond planting orchards. And Robin provides us a long list of the plants that they've put into the ground all around the city that go well beyond just trees. The results have more in common with food forests than what you might imagine when first hearing the word orchard. And before we begin, if you find this podcast or any in the archives useful, there are several ways to help the show. The first is through Patreon, where you can become a member and receive a variety of benefits, including early access to episodes and discounts to partnering vendors. The second is to get involved with the Permaculture Podcast community. Joining the conversations at facebook.com slash the permaculture podcast on twitter where the show is at permaculture cst or at instagram where i am permaculture podcast you can also leave a review on itunes stitcher or your favorite podcast app and of course feel free to share links to your favorite episodes on social media and with your friends and family finally i would like to thank today's sponsors permi kids and the good seed company find out more about each by visiting permikids.com or goodseedco.net, respectively. Now then, on to Robin. I'll join you again afterwards. Then Robin, as our first interview, which will come out after this little download, (laughs) went in directions that were unexpected, could you provide the listeners an introduction to the Philadelphia Orchard Project and your work as the program director? The Philadelphia Orchard Project is a small nonprofit that was started in 2007, um, became a nonprofit in 2010, that plants community orchards all over the city of Philadelphia within the confines of the city's boundaries. And since 2007, we have helped to plant a total of 38 orchards at this point. And we also have a category of supported orchards, which brings us up to a total of 52 uh, within our kind of within our purview. The supported orchards are spaces that either already had fruit trees uh, in existence and maybe just needed a little help, or maybe they wanted some help with with sourcing plants, and we can just offer support there. Our full partner orchards are in partnership with organizations that have access to land. Either they own it or they have a a long-term lease of seven to ten years and want a biodiverse array of perennial edibles um, planted on their site. So we're all, we always work with organizations. Almost always organizations come to us and we work with them. Doesn't matter how big or how small the space is. Doesn't matter if it's asphalt or if it's super disturbed soil or if it's a, a pristine space. It really doesn't matter. We adapt to every situation and we work with a really, really broad array of organizations. As 
high up as the Parks and Recreation Department, and uh, we partnered with the Philadelphia prison system uh, to do a really large installation behind one of the county prisons and down to churches and schools and community gardens and um, homeless shelters and rehabilitation centers and um, housing projects and transition houses and urban farms with youth organizations I'm probably forgetting, you know, other nonprofits, all sorts of partnerships. And that lends to, you know, lends us the ability to do all sorts of things with all sorts of people all the time. <laughs> it's so much about relationship building and em- empowerment, you know, giving someone the opportunity to learn how to take care of something that they've never taken care of before, you know, uh, organizations and the community. We try to do community design meetings as much as possible. Sometimes we do the full design. Sometimes we receive assistance um, and as much input as possible uh, from the what you would call the stakeholders, I guess. And um, we plant fruit trees, nut trees, shrubs, berry bushes, uh, herbaceous perennials, medicinals, culinary herbs, um, pollinator plants. We've experimented with some wonderful edible mushroom patches uh, in partnership with a really great uh, local mushroom company called Mycopolitan. And we try to make the space as diverse as possible. Phil likes to call what we do most of the time the Noah's Ark method, where we try to plant two of, you know, two of, of various uh, species. I guess I should probably go into some of the things that we do plant, maybe. I think at this point we have a list of about, I want to say, a little over 100 species that we've planted. I'm trying to create a master list uh, from some of our some of our site maps. Um, but we plant, you know, traditional apples and pears, Asian pears, European pears, American plums, Asian plums, Asian and American persimmons, pawpaws, jujubes, apricots, peaches, hardy almonds... Medlars, everbearing mulberries, cherries, juneberries, or service berries, and then, you know, gummies and josta berries and gooseberries and currants and so many things. Hazelnuts. We've tried a couple chestnuts in some places, though we have to avoid really large, <laughs> really large trees in most of our sites. Um, we have to plant semi dwarf uh, most of the time, dwarf. Uh, things on dwarf rootstock. Is that because of city limitations? It's mostly because of space. And, I mean, even commercial orchards, for the most part at this point, are planting on uh, semi-dwarf rootstock. It's, for us, it's definitely space purposes. But, you know, you also don't necessarily need an apple tree that's 40 feet tall or 30 feet tall. You know, you, if you keep it at 10, 12, 15 feet high, you can, you know, really get the harvest. So I'm really, really into medicinals as well and teaching people about medicinals and taking, really taking control of their, of their health. So we have always planted a wide variety of things that can be used medicinally, but I'm trying to push more for people really learning about those. And this year, uh, with the, the help of a really wonderful intern of mine, we're going to be doing a herbal workshop series, um, Orchard Herbs. And... We also do a lot of 
wild edibles education. Um, weeds that are good for the orchard, weeds that aren't good for the orchard. We have a, a weed identification guide that we created for the orchard project specifically. And one of the reasons that I was hired originally was to also create a gleaning program. And the gleaning program is something that we started talking about in 2013, before I was hired, and I was super excited about it. And um, then when I was hired, it was a big part of my job description and, you know, just like, I don't know, fig- figure it out. We just have to, f- we, we need to contribute more to the, the food system, you know, to Philadelphia's food system. And one of the ways that we can do that while we're figuring out how to make our orchards the most productive and getting them to maturity is by figuring out what's already there. I mean, there's food all around us all the time. We just don't know it. So a big part of what I do is get people excited about the stuff that's already there and organize volunteer events around harvesting June berries in June, harvesting ginkgos, ginkgo nuts and ginkgo leaves and persimmons and mulberries, wine berries, crab apples, hawthorns, things that are lesser known or not known at all, things that are often considered a nuisance, you know, planted as street trees. Trees get a bad rep because they drop their fruit on people's cars and they, you know, make a mess and they add to the trash and, you know, that kind of thing. And if you can get people realizing that you can actually eat this and it's really good, you know, that changes the mentality a lot. Hopefully going to have my neighbor across the street planting a Juneberry this year. I've been talking that he's he wants it, he'll be doing it, and I'll have them over here and... You know, I think it's pretty awesome that the city, whether intentionally or unintentionally, has done has planted so many trees that have useful parts for for human consumption, and and people get really excited about it. Oh, we also did trifoliate orange, hardy lemon. I don't know. Some people call them dragon something, dragon fruit. I don't know. I forget. But you know, having your own lemon juice supply is pretty awesome. And we also. Uh, are trying to establish relationships with area orchards, uh, regional orchards that are within 60 to 90 minutes of the city. We had a really, a couple really wonderful events last year. I have friends who live on an old Quaker farm that has an abandoned apple orchard. We harvested upwards of a thousand pounds of apples from these neglected trees. Last year was a, was a mast year. It was just like apples coming out of every corner of every place that like that I looked in this house on every tree I saw it was insane so you know we we just gathered a group of people together who got who were excited about picking apples that were unsprayed and we made maybe 30 gallons of of apple cider and I made my first hard cider it was really great and you know we had another event at a place called Longview Farm which is a nonprofit farm run by Greener Partners in Collegeville, PA. They have 10 acres of apples and two acres of Asian pears and nobody to manage them at the moment. And would like someone to be managing them, of course, but we had a, an open, a pick, you know, a pick your own day, essentially, but people came in and we said, pick as many apples as you want, take as many home as you want, but also pick way more than that <laughs> and leave them on the side in these crates and we'll come pick them up. And we, we estimated about 1,800 pounds just for donation purposes, not even the, the apples that people took home. 
um, that we harvested that day. And it was nothing. We barely scratched the surface of what was on these trees. And that to me is mind blowing because I am not an orchardist by trade. I came at this, you know, I, I'm only, I only know what I know from the city and seeing 10 acres of apples that are just, that haven't been sprayed and that are delicious and just completely overburdened these trees that are, that are just like, it was like really mind blowing to me. The, the amount of food that these trees can produce is, is pretty amazing. And the, also the amount of food that goes to waste every year is even more amazing in the opposite direction. Um, so just being able to be a part of teaching people about that kind of, all these kinds of fruits and different perennials and um, the ecosystems that we create, being able to show people like what, to demonstrate why we do what we do, creating things more in a food forest fashion than in traditional orchard. Somebody recently said, uh, called what we do stealth permaculture. And I thought that was pretty adorable. And it's kind of true. I mean, I talk to people about permaculture as much as possible. And I would love to be able to, to teach a PDC uh, through the Philly Orchard Project to get a lot more people from the inner city certified if that's what they want. But, you know, we don't have to call it permaculture. And most of the time I don't. And I'm still able to get the point across. And it's probably way easier. Um, so, you know, we are a permaculture nonprofit. I think we are completely run using permaculture principles and ethics, and it's been that way from the very beginning. You know, our ethos is very much based around permaculture, and I think that's why we work so well. And, you know, I'm extremely fortunate to have the opportunity to build this, this little, this really awesome little nonprofit. And that was Robin Mello. Find out more about her and the Philadelphia Orchard Project at phillyorchards.net. You'll also find links in the show notes to the site where you can hear her music with the Radicans and more information about Beardfest. As I mentioned in the opening with Robin, this is just an introduction to Philadelphia Orchard Project and Ms. Mello. We have a longer, more in-depth conversation that will follow this one in a few weeks. In the meantime, if you're in the area, check out Pop and see about getting involved. If along the way I can be of assistance to you and your work, my door remains open for any listener, whether you're a professional permaculture practitioner, someone just getting started, or anywhere in between. You can reach me quickest with a phone call, 717-827-6266. If you're not in a hurry, send me an email, show at permaculturepodcast.com. Or if you prefer putting your favorite writing instrument to paper, parchment, or vellum, the mailing address is The Permaculture Podcast, P.O. Box 16, Dauphin, Pennsylvania, 17018. Until the next time, take care of Earth, yourself, and each other.